I'm Mike Franzone, and you're listening to the Prophecy Channel. Today is episode two on the two witnesses mentioned in the book of the Revelation, chapter 11. I'll begin reading in verse one. Now, today on episode two, we'll begin with verse seven, and you can catch the episode one on the Prophecy Channel. Revelation 11, verse 1, John writes, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood, he says here, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months, three and a half years. So we know that Revelation 11, the two witnesses, all of this really takes place. It begins in the, the first chapter, or rather the first part of the uh, tribulation period, and it, all, it actually ends in the middle of the tribulation period, and then you have the great tribulation the last three and a half years. Verse 3 says this, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth, three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. We looked at that in episode one, mentioned in the book of Zechariah. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. So God protects these two witnesses, which I believe are Moses and Elijah. Again, refer you back to episode one. But they're... they're um, they're totally protected. And the Bible is very clear that if you go after them, you will be killed in that same manner. They have power, verse 6, to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. They have power over waters to turn their to blood, to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. So that was episode 1. Now, let's begin in Revelation 11, verse 7. Episode 2, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the people's tribes, tongues, nations will see their dead bodies three and a half years, excuse me, three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Verse 11. Now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid, and gave glory to the God of heaven. Verse 7 says they finished their testimony. Moses and Elijah, they're invincible until they have completed God's purpose and will for them. Our lives are kept secure and safe in the omnipotent power 
and in the omnipotent hands of God. John the Baptist, one of the greatest prophets of all, his ministry lasted less than three years. Some say even six months. Jesus Christ ministered, what? Just for a very short time, about three and a half years. David Brainerd, the great missionary to the Indians, died at the age of 29. The great preacher Robert Murray McShane died at the age of 29. We are invincible and immortal until our testimony is finished. God stands by his servants to strengthen and uphold them and anoint them. Now we are at the midpoint of the tribulation period. And verse 7 says this, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit. The Antichrist? Yes. The abyss? Yes. The abyss is where demons are kept. Demons are his helpers. And the Antichrist we know will be possessed by Satan himself. He'll be energized and empowered and controlled. And Satan will be his driving force. There are those Bible scholars who believe that the Antichrist will actually be a Nephilim, that he'll actually be a hybrid. He'll, he'll be part DNA of fallen angels and part human. We don't know that. That's, I think it's worth giving some study to. But we know that the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit is a reference to Satan and I believe also a reference to the Antichrist. Now, <clears throat> look at Revelation 13 verse 2 says this. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard and he describes him. And he says the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority. And then in verse 5 of Revelation chapter 13, he was given, that's the Antichrist, a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy. And he was given authority to continue 42 months. That last three and a half years is going to be horrible. And it's actually called the Great Tribulation. Now, think about fallen angels can appear in human form. So I think it's worth looking at. Could the Antichrist actually be a Nephilim? Well, the Bible says this very clearly. <clears throat> it says he will make war against them. He will overcome them and kill them. So when God is done with the Two witnesses, when the t their testimony is finished, <clears throat> then the gate is open, they're allowed to be killed, they're allowed to be martyred. And the Bible says the Antichrist who hates them will kill them. And then verse 8 says this, And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. <clears throat> now, They'll be lying out there, what, three days, three and a half days. Why? To establish the certainty of their death. That's why we read in the book of John, I believe it is John 11, when Lazarus was sick and they came to Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. We need, he needs help. He needs healing. Jesus waited two more days. Jesus waited till Lazarus was dead so they could make certain that he was dead. And so they would be, uh, see the great miracle power of God, that God can raise the dead. But this is also a sign of how hated these two preachers are, these prophets. In the Middle East, the greatest of insults is not to bury the dead. A corpse decomposes quickly in the tropical climate. 
The Bible says their bodies will lay open, lie in the streets. And where? It says, in the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt, where our Lord was also crucified. Well, he tells you right there, it's Jerusalem. I believe that the temple will be rebuilt. I believe the temple will probably be the um, headquarters of these two prophets. They're Christians, they're believers, and they preach to the Jewish nation and preach to the world that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Messiah, and that Jesus is coming again. Well, the Bible says Jerusalem. They call Jerusalem Sodom because of the moral corruption that is taking place there. And Egypt, because it's a place of darkness now. It is the place where our Lord was crucified. This is a sad designation. So we see as time goes on, Israel and Jerusalem becomes a little darker. Their light is coming. But during this time, it's going to be a terrible time, these, this seven-year tribulation period. <clears throat> now, verse 9 and 10. Now, doesn't this seem obvious? Did you realize this could not happen at any time in history until now? <clears throat> Those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets, Moses and Elijah, are prophets. These two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. The television, internet will broadcast this evil deed around the world. And the world will celebrate because the world will gaze on their dead, rotting bodies in some strange curiosity. It's the morbid curiosity of a godless world. And this reveals how evil and how depraved the people of the world have become and how much they hate the believers. Muslims will be very happy because these two are the great enemies of Islam. And many Religious people who are following the beast, who will take the mark of the beast, they will be happy because the great enemy of their souls is dead. And what we see here is the great satanic Christmas. The apostate church will give each other gifts and celebrate that these, quote, false prophets are dead. The Muslims had the hadith and they will give each other gifts as well. The whole world is happy because these two have been a thorn in their flesh. But what's interesting, the world will see their dead bodies. The world will see their dead bodies rot in the street. Now, verse 11 and 12 says this, After three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. They stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Well, the party is short-lived. The word fear there, when it says that the whole world, right, great fear fell upon those who were seeing their dead bodies stand up. That Greek word is phobos. That's where we get our word phobia from. This is an intense fear. This is an abnormal fear. This is a terror. This is knee-knocking terror. These people are scared to death when they see this miracle. Will they take revenge on the Christians? Well, we know that's coming. 
We know that especially the last three and a half years, Christians, millions will be martyred and as well, many, many Jews. But here's this so cool here, this part. Verse 12 says, they heard a loud voice. Now you saw this in Revelation chapter 4. They heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. The same phrase that God did and said to John, who wrote this, he said, come up here. And this voice says, come up here. And the Bible says they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. Just like Jesus' ascension in a cloud. Just sounds just like happened to John in John in Revelations chapter four. But I want to pull over and park on that word for a minute. Their enemies saw them. The Greek word means to gaze, to experience, to discern, to gaze for the purpose of analyzing, to discriminate, to concentrate on the meaning of an action. So the word means much more than they just looked. It means they saw. And I believe here, there are many are beginning to understand that God is real. They're beginning to understand that the, what the preachers preached about was the truth, that Jesus is Messiah, that Jesus is coming again, that Jesus is Lord. Because the word here means that many of them looked at that and discriminated. They consecrated on what does this mean? There is fear, yes. But there are many are beginning to wake up that maybe these two prophets were telling the truth. Verse 13 says something terrible happened because in that same hour, there was a great earthquake. A tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid, but they, and they gave glory to the God of heaven. I think we're going to see here that many Jews and, and others begin to wake up within the hour the same, within the hour after they're ascended and resurrected, this earthquake. The earthquake is limited to Jerusalem. One-tenth of the city is in ruins. 7,000 people are killed. But here's where many translations miss this. If you read this in the Greek, all right? In the Greek, it says, in the same hour there was a great earthquake and tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, what? It says 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid. It actually says this. It says the names of men were killed. Men in speaking of mankind. The Greek word on Omah means men of renown. Now let's listen to this. I don't know what happened here with some of these translations, but you'll see it in other translations, but it's not in the New King James Version. But the King James Version actually says the names of the men. I looked this up in the Greek language, and that phrase means men of renown, people with a name, people with authority, people with fame, people with a reputation. If you read this in the Greek, it says people with a name will be killed. Famous people will be killed. People with a reputation, people who had fame, well-known people. Famous people, celebrities will die, leaders will die, politicians will die. And that's what he's saying here. So maybe they're there, 
Maybe these celebrities are there to maybe to get on the internet to see these guys dead and politicians are there, you know, with their all their blovelating about how terrible these guys were and how horrible they were and aren't we glad to get rid of them. Many of them will die. Do not want you to miss that in the Greek language. Many people of reputation will die when the earthquake hits the city of Jerusalem. And verse 13 says the rest, the survivors, gave glory to God. Don't miss this. Jewish survivors, eyes are open for the first time in the middle of the tribulation. They're beginning to wake up, beginning to give glory to God, reflecting repentance. There is a Jewish awakening. And this is one of the main purposes for the great tribulation, to wake up and restore the Jewish nation back to Messiah. The beast has shut these two prophets down. The two witnesses are removed from the temple. They can't stand in his way anymore. He's forced to act. This is where he commits the abomination of desolation mentioned in Daniel and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, where he goes into the temple and proclaims himself as God. This is where it takes place. When this happens, Revelation 12 says the Jews are, are commanded, and many will go and many will not go, to run and flee to Petra. I believe that's where they'll be protected. So it begins, the great tribulation. Three and a half years are left till Jesus comes to the earth. Thank you so much for listening to the Prophecy Channel.